You're listening to the Community Call with host Murray Riley Jr. CVS is your one-stop shop for immunity support and more. This week, select Mucinex and Delsum cold relief products are $15.99. Visit CVS or CVS.com today. Restrictions apply. See CVS.com slash weekly ad for details. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for another rousing episode of the Community Call Podcast. This is our awards show tonight and our final podcast for 2020 as we step away for the Christmas holiday and New Year's as well. We want to welcome those who have been patiently waiting for us to come back. We thank you for um, your patience as we decided to come back and do our annual award show as we wait for the panel members to make their way back in to the show. We want to share with you some of the weekend's uh, top stories. Um, Pfizer and millions of vaccines held up by the Trump administration. Uh, millions of doses of the COVID-19 vaccine are languishing in warehouses awaiting shipment instructions from the Trump administration, even as states are clamoring for them. Drug maker Pfizer said officials in several states said they were told that the second shipments of the Pfizer and Biotech's vaccine next week has been mysteriously reduced. Uh, the startling bottleneck is occurring as America is breaking daily COVID death tolls, folks. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, these numbers um, are are saying a lot to us right now, everyone. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I am not surprised by uh, the sheer amount of what's going on in the nation right now and how how things are um, coming about uh, here in these last few weeks of 2020. I'm not surprised by this. And I know you guys aren't either. Um, also, Trump is silent as officials warn of the Russian hacks grave threat to the government. The nation's cybersecurity agency warned of a grave risk to government and private networks from the intrusion carried out by suspected Russian hackers. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency said that the intrusion had compromised federal agencies as well as critical infrastructure in sophisticated attack that was hard to detect and will be difficult to undo. Uh, Senator Mitch Romney said that this is extraordinary that President Donald Trump has said nothing about the attack, and this came from the Associated Press, everyone. Also from our headlines this week, um, Kelly Leffler. Yeah, we talking about her. Um, keeps posing with white supremacists. Earlier this week, a photo of the Georgia GOP Senator Kelly Leffler was posing alongside Chester Doles, a former Ku Klux Klan leader and a member of the neo-Nazi National Alliance who went to prison in the 1990s for assaulting a black man and when it went viral her her campaign disavowed it but uh the Huffington Post has been sent another photo of Leffler posing with Joshua Moat of Lumpkin County coordinator for a Georgia extremist group led by Doles and in August Leffler sat down for an interview with Jack Posbick a neo-Nazi collaborator and a prominent mega protagonist let's tell you what folks it, you can't make this stuff up. What's going on with the with with the GOP right now? If we even if we can call them that, 
I think we can we can start calling them Trump Republicans. That's what I'm going to start calling them now, because there is no such thing as the, the grand old party anymore. From what I see, it's morphing into something altogether different. Um, California near zero ICU capacity. And boy, just listen, folks, California. Now, the U.S. pandemic epicenter is nearing zero capacity in its intensive care units as COVID-19 cases continue to surge as of yesterday. There were just 3% of ICU capacity statewide. Southern California was completely full, and other states are going through the same thing as well, folks. We're dealing with this as we speak. Um, There was a raid. A raid of Florida scientists vowed to speak the truth to power. A Florida scientist whose Tallahassee home was raided by gun-brandishing cops this month after she insisted on revealing accurate uh, COVID-19 data and has vowed to continue to speak truth to power. I accept that being a whistleblower and a critic of the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and mismanage of the COVID-19 would likely cost me my freedom. Um, Rebecca Jones wrote in the Miami Herald, I never expected armed police to enter my home to take my equipment and and point guns at my children. And uh, folks, we, as I said, we can't make this stuff up. Um, also from... Some of our top stories, we want to continue to talk about the the growing number of, of coronavirus victims, everyone. And we have a an enormous number of the coronavirus victims. And as always, and as we come to you again uh, for this rousing episode of the Community Call, we want to continue to talk about the growing numbers of the coronavirus pandemic that has broken out across the world. And some of the things that have been happening with COVID-19 since we left you almost a month ago. Um, Currently in the United States, 17,655,591 cases in the United States alone. As of yesterday, 196,000 new cases in the country. Uh, globally, uh, 75 million people have the coronavirus. Um, several European countries are restricting air travel from the UK amid fears over the infectious new strain of COVID-19. U.S. starts delivery of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine to 4,000 locations across all 50 states, and the CDC. And the CDC, everyone, issues a new recommendation on the COVID-19 vaccine for people with a history of allergies. And yes, folks, this this is ever so continuing on as we speak. And uh, also, the congressional leaders have come come to have reached agreement on the COVID-19 economic relief package. Let's see if Mitch McConnell can move move in the right direction for once. What do you guys think? I hope he can move in the right direction. Also, the second shipments of the coronavirus vaccine roll out uh, as officials warn about the the Christmas surge. And yes, uh, we are being updated as we speak here in the state of South Carolina of the increasing numbers coming from uh, the Department of Health and Environmental and Control Services here in South Carolina as well. Uh, And uh, also from Reuters, everyone, the international news, tougher UK coronavirus curbs may last some time. Health, the health minister has, is making suggestions. And also, uh, we have something that came from uh, uh, the New York Times. As Christmas nears, the virus experts 
look at lessons from Thanksgiving, and that means we had an increase with the coronavirus as well, everyone. And these are the things that we are constantly going through as we speak uh, here on the show tonight. We want to um, thank you for tuning in wherever you are across the world and across America. Uh, today, uh, it said uh, DHEC announced 2,583 new confirmed cases and 25 new probable cases of a COVID-19, uh, 36 additional confirmed deaths, and four probable deaths in the state. Uh, this is uh, up from um, the recent numbers to 22.4 percent, which is a uh, which is a grave increase, everyone. And these are our news headlines uh, here tonight for the 2020 award show version of the of the community call podcast we want to thank michael and victor for coming into the show tonight we want to thank them for being a part of the show uh we're going to bring them in right now hello michael welcome to the show hi murray great to be back with you guys thank you so much glad to have you we're going to bring victor in as well good after, good evening victor welcome to the show Good evening. How you doing? I'm glad to be back with the show. Oh, wonderful. Um, doing great. Glad to have you back, sir. Thank you. Yeah, well, guys, it's great to have you back. Um, we we haven't been back to celebrate the Joe, Vi the Joe Biden victory. Uh, we have been watching recent developments as we move into the uh, into the inauguration phase of Joe Biden's win. Uh, an astonishing win that it was, uh, a turnout beyond measure across all of America. Uh, he won with 7 million plus votes, an uh, uh, enormous win. Uh, I, it's, it leaves me speechless that we had such a motivation in the nation to rid ourselves of Donald Trump. And uh, congratulations to the Biden campaign. And, and now... We're watching uh, Vice I mean, President-elect Biden select his campaign, uh, his cabinet members, and we have some uh, some very interesting cabinet picks, guys. And uh, uh, those picks will will make some great news. First one that comes to mind is Pete Buttigieg, who was a contender in the Democratic primaries. He's now going to be the uh, 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 infrastructure secretary. Uh, also, we have some other people who were involved with the Biden transportation. Thank you, Michael. Uh, there were some others who have made their way into the camp, uh, into the cabinet for his cabinet picks. Tell you what, I'm surprised by a lot of those picks as well. We're waiting on some major ones. Attorney General, definitely so. Secretary of Defense, we're waiting on that as well. Uh, I think, I think. Uh, Joe Biden's going to pick some great people to be in those positions for us. Uh, we see who he picked for Secretary of Education. I think that was a great pick as well. Uh, America is is looking for some true leadership. Victor, how do you feel about the current situation of things taking place across the nation as we come back tonight? Okay. Um, first, I was elated that Biden won the election. I am so thankful that um, Trump didn't get a second term. Now, um, I am happy with 
Biden pick. And I'm going to be a little honest here. We have some of our civil rights people who want to come after Joe Biden about who he's picking, I think particularly for attorney general. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden has been in politics since the early 70s. Joe Biden has um, um, served under Barack Obama for eight years. Joe Biden has been um, a friend of us as people of color. So I don't want our civil rights leaders coming down on him too hard about who he's picking. Because if you look at who he's picking, um, he is picking a very diverse cabinet. And we're thankful for that. People who know what they're doing. People who have expertise in a field. So we need to, um, some of our civil rights leaders, I understand that, you know, you want to make sure that we have an attorney general that's going to stop the this, um, systemic racism, what have you, but let's not come down on Biden. Let's give him a chance to get his cabinet picked, and uh, we'll go from there. I, I I agree with you, Victor. There are some things that um I was I was monitoring as as before we came back uh, to the show here in relationship to what you're saying about uh, our civil rights leaders kind of. Uh, voicing their opinions rather strongly about some of the current picks. And I just thought that um, we knew that he was going to move in in this direction um, based on um, his experience as being a vice president and serving under Barack Obama and choosing those who were um, preferably more qualified uh, to be uh, his uh, cabinet, uh, members of his cabinet, I think. And that's something that uh, uh, was expected. Michael, what are your feelings on it? Because I know at, at some point we want a strong cabinet. There's some names being floated for labor secretary when his name is Bernie Sanders. How do you guys feel about the name of Bernie being floated to be the labor secretary? Well, just to piggyback on what Victor was saying, Biden is putting together a, a highly esteemed cabinet. These are cabinet members and nominees that are highly qualified for these particular positions. When you do a compare and contrast and look at this soon-to-be outgoing administration, not one person, I repeat, not one person in these cabinets filled in by Trump, not one of them is qualified, not even close, to holding the positions that Mm -hmm. they have. Ben Carson, sure as heck, was not qualified to be the Secretary of um, Housing and Urban Development. Betsy Duvall, sure as heck, was not qualified to be Secretary of Education. And the beat goes on. We can even look at the soon-to-be outgoing Attorney General, William Barr, who was never an Attorney General. The Attorney General is supposed to be the advocate for the people and protecting people's rights, but Barr spent his career just covering up for Donald Trump. This has been a totally 
Bats Ackwards administration that we have seen in, I don't know, since God's win, but um, an administration that has really caused this nation to hit rock bottom in so many doggone ways with the racism, with the violence, the hate, the, um, the sexism, and the illegal retaliation. And then, of course, came the coronavirus in which this administration and the press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, along with Trump, constantly lying about the coronavirus, constantly lying about the racism, constantly lying about everything else I have mentioned. And then now we're at post-election day and they're still lying about the results of the election and kept claiming that we won, we won, we're still pursuing legal avenues, which Republicans in the courts, including the Supreme Court, said, no, you got no evidence, it's over and done with. I don't know what in the world Trump and company persist on trying to do, but it is disturbing to me even though I'm so thankful for the Biden and Harris victory, but I cannot put anything past this outgoing administration who has become more and more sinister as we count down to the days of January 20th. One important note, if you want to use this as a fun fact in regards to this Biden-Harris victory, now, people ought to know that Come January 2021, there will be no um, State of the Union address. That is uh, replaced by the inauguration address, which will be delivered by the soon-to-be President Joseph Biden. However, Hmm. look to January 2022, which will be Biden's first State of the Union address. Why is this so significant, ladies and gentlemen? As you know, in the State of the Union, front and center is the president. Behind him, seated, is the vice president and the speaker of the House. In past years, ladies and gentlemen, we have always had two men seated in those seats. And then recently, we have had one man seated and one woman seated, that being Nancy Pelosi, the first and only female Speaker of the House in U.S. history. For the first time in U.S. history, behind the president, in those two, um, in those two prestigious seats, you will have not one, but two women seated behind the president. In the vice presidency, for the first time ever will be a female, that being Vice President Kamala Harris, and to her left, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. I think we should give a round of applause to these two women and for women that are progressing in um, U.S. government and positions of power and really um, showing the American people the meaning of equality, 
truth and justice, as well as um, abiding by, respecting, and complying with the laws and the Constitution of the United States. You know what, Michael? You kind of summed up everything that I was thinking in my head. Uh, and I want to encourage everyone, if you haven't, you can you can look at the cabinet now of, of some great people that Joe is putting together here. Um, chief of spo- uh, chief spokesperson for the vice president is going to be Simone Sanders. I think that was a great pick. Um, chief of staff for the vice president is going to be Tina Fernoy. Uh, press secretary is going to be Jean Jean uh, Jean Paskey. Uh, another great pick. Uh, communications director uh, Kate Bedingfield. Also, counsel to the president Dana uh, Remus. Uh, you got you got some top notch folks here. Uh, director for the White House Office of Pre- uh, Pres- uh, Presidential Personnel is Kathy Russell. Uh, Julie Rodriguez is uh, Director of Office of Intergovernmental Affairs, and Louisa Terrell is the uh, Director of Office of Le- Legislative Affairs. And John Kerry is going to be Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. What a pick! What a great pick! They will establish the Paris Accords now that John Kerry's on this. Uh, as a, he's going to be a special counsel, special presidential envoy. Also, uh, senior advisor to the president is Matt uh, Delon, and then uh, director of Office of Public Engagement, it's Cedric Richmond. Uh, Susan Rice, who we know from the Obama administration, is going to be director of domestic policy and counsel. Also, Brian uh, Deese. He's going to be director of National Economic Council. Uh, boy, these are top-level folks. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, previous uh, been in the Obama administration to some level. Uh, counsel to the uh, to the president is Steve Ratchy, and uh, also Deputy Chief of Staff is Gene uh, uh, O'Malley Dillon, and then uh, Chief of Staff is going to be Ron Kane. And uh, these are these are some picks already for the Biden uh, White House. We're looking for the rest of these folks to be picked. I'm looking forward to finding out who's going to be secretary of state, who's going to be our attorney general and secretary of defense. Uh, these are some um, prestigious positions that are still have not been named yet. Um, I think these these individuals will be named after January 20th and then we'll know exactly Who's going to be in those positions? Gentlemen, I want to ask you both a question in regards to Donald Trump and the shenanigans, and Murray saying it, shenanigans that have been taking place with he wants to overturn a an election that he lost by 7 million votes. Victor, talk to me. What do you think of the okay. recent shenanigans, all these lawsuits against, against states, personnel, People involved on the ground, everything that you can think of with Donald Trump trying to overturn this election. What are your feelings? Okay. Donald Trump is running scared because yesterday I just found out that the people in Florida said that they don't want him living in Mar-a-Lago because Mar-a-Lago is a country club and it's supposed to be a residential. Um, It's supposed to be a place of business, not a residential. He could stay there for seven days um, at a time 
and no longer than 21 days in a year. So he, he, he wants to run to Florida to avoid um, Attorney General Letitia James in New York. But Florida is saying, no, you can't set camp here because you gave Mar-a-Lago to Florida when, you know, you was in debt and made it a country club and the Florida taxpayers, excuse me, the taxpayers are taking care of that place. It's not his individual place. So that means he would have to go back to New York and face Attorney General uh, Letitia James, which he is afraid to do. And you this know, is the reason I, why mm-hmm. he he is um, trying so hard to overturn this election. But the votes have been certified. All the electors have submitted their votes. And, and it have been said that Biden have won this election, locked, stocked, and battled. So therefore, I don't believe Trump have a leg to stand on. And not only that, but what I find sad are the people who are still behind him pushing this. He have raised over $200 million fighting this. Where, that, where is that money going on his, but in his pocket? And people are being ripped off by this man and don't realize it. Yeah, over lies and, and, and deceit. And, and, and the last thing I want to talk about is the um, one gentleman that got fired, um, the cyber security guy, who yes. was um, the head of uh, the election, Chris Cribs. I think that's his name. Right. He had been honest. Him. Yes, he had been honest throughout the whole process, but yet. Not only have he been fired by the president, but he's been getting death threats. Um, and also, you have these Trump loyalists that are calling him all kind of names. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is childish. This is like nothing I ever seen in, in my 56 years of living. Uh, you know something, Victor? One thing I want to say about the situation is watching Donald Trump operate in 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 darkness not not being in public view having his having the administration direct everything that he says and does and it's coming coming out and 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 it seems to me it's making the rounds and it's only only thing that it's doing is whooping up his base and they're spending more and more money with him he's collecting a treasure trove of money i think uh, uh, right now it's 160 million dollars in his tre- treasure trove for the Trump campaign already. Um, uh, I think there's a motivation behind this. Uh, one thing that is disturbing, and Michael, I want you to chime in on this for me. Uh, Michael Flynn, who was a uh, part then, show, has been speaking about establishing martial law in these areas of, of, the, the, of the swing states and starting over and collecting the, the voting machines and a whole bunch of other stuff that I, I refuse to name out, everyone. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts? Well, first, since you mentioned Flynn, um, the last I heard is that that kind of pardon is going to be challenged in the courts uh, <clears throat> because of the fact that um, Flynn had pled guilty and 
First, um, Trump and Barr try to get the charges dismissed, and that remained unresolved. And then now, all of a sudden, it's a doggone pardon. But let's go back to um, Trump trying to overturn the election. Um, One thing we need to note is that Trump has also, once again, incited his base, his cult, to um, commit violence and to even um, try to manipulate all those that have voted against him. We've heard time and again, if you recall, with the um, Pennsylvania um, Republican that was given a death threat, he was told by uh, a Trump representative, this is why we have the Second Amendment, to deal with people like you. Mm. And time and again, you have Team Trump always invoking that Second Amendment. And then, lo and behold, we had um, Trump supporters acting the fool, committing vandalism, attacking cops, for that matter. We have several of them that were arrested, and rightfully so. But what does Trump? But what does Trump tweet out to incite it even further? We have just begun to fight. Now, I don't care what his name is. I don't care who are the ones that that are engaging in this violence. They all, including him, need to be held accountable criminally. You're going to arrest those that engage in violence? Right. That's the way to do it. But then go after the mastermind. Go after the leader. Go after the puppeteer, if you want to use that term. And slap the cuffs on him also. Never mind this thing of you can't indict a sitting president because that is bogus. That is hogwash. That is a hoax. That is fake news, using his favorite words against him because of the fact that there is no law prohibiting taking corrective action against a sitting president. That statement of you cannot indict a sitting president is just a policy. It's just a suggestion. It is not law etched in stone, and there are no laws prohibiting such corrective action. I know I've said this time and time again because as time goes on, things are getting a hell of a lot worse in terms of the safety of the American people and the safety and security of this nation, especially when we look at Russia committing a hack once again to our um, U.S. security and intelligence. And once again, Trump dismissing the notion of how serious this is, and he's defending Russia and Putin once again. We can't keep going through this. We definitely cannot. And I'm just at a loss for words right now as to how to further describe all this. But make no mistake, the election is over, O-V-E-R, over. Trump lost in a landslide. regardless of what he wants to keep saying, 306 to 232, the same numbers in which Trump called for himself as a landslide, 
when he, he um, defeated Hillary Clinton, which many people say the only reason why he defeated was because of Putin and Russia's interference. Nobody will ever forget that. But if it was a landslide for Trump back in 2016, and we have the same numbers in 2020, it's a landslide for Biden. So all you Trump supporters out there, you could just um, slap a muzzle on yourselves and pipe down and don't be giving any more double standards or any more lies whatsoever because we, at least we here at the Community Call Podcast, will keep on debunking your lies. There are no alternative facts. We give the straight facts and we use reliable sources and multiple sources that are on the same page that are giving the actual facts and no alternative facts nonsense. You know something, Michael, I thank you for what you're saying, and it's very important. Yes, yes, everyone, Michael's touching on something that we that we will continue to do here on the Community Call podcast, and that is bring you the truth and honest uh, of our opinions here on the show. We do a lot of fact-finding, and we're, I'm talking to – I'm talking to my best, Michael and Victor. Victor, you do a wonderful job of bringing us information and sharing it with us here on the show. But I want to touch on something, guys, and and something that struck me that came from the Pew poll, and it says, there's no doubt uh, the 2020 election has left us feeling more divided as a nation. And supporters of both Joe Biden and Donald Trump feel stereotyped and misunderstood by those on either side in november we we asked a survey of respondents on our american trends panel which they wish people would back the other candidate better understood them our new interactive summarizes the themes of those that arose and allows you to read what people said in their own words and you can check this out on the pew poll everyone if you want to check this out and this came from michael demick who is the president of the Pew Research Center. I use them heavily in the podcast, everyone. And uh, we're going to bring you some information right away regarding black voters that are eligible to vote. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. The turnout in Georgia is astonishing. I think I think this thing is going to go down to the wire. Um, Victor, uh, since you live in the region as well, um, we have these two runoff elections in Georgia. And it will, it will determine the control of the U.S. Senate next year. A key voting bloc will be the black residents who have played a significant role in the growth of the state's electorate over the past two decades between 2000 and 2019. Georgia's eligible voters, um, uh, the population has grown to 1.9 million. Thank you, Stacy. With nearly half of the increase attributed to eligible back black voters. And folks, if if you think we're not motivated in our community, we are very so much motivated in our community. Um, I think I think what's going to happen next, guys, if if it comes down to the wire in Georgia, it's going to be between Warnick and Leffler. I think a lot of people are leaning toward Leffler a lot um, based on some of the numbers that I've seen so far. And from my research, I think Leffler has a little edge over Warnock a little bit. But that doesn't say uh, Pastor Warnock can't come back 
and 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 show that he has he has a firm footing in his campaign right now. I think I think that people on the ground are making a difference in this uh in this uh, special election for for the Senate. And guys, if you haven't been paying any attention lately, these guys have really worked hard at getting their message out. And I could tell you something, being in the local area, these negative ads have 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 really taken hold with the general public in a red county such as Aiken County, where I live. And uh, I know that a lot of people are really pulling for um, uh, David Perdue and Kelly Leffler to defend their Senate seats. Guys, what are your thoughts? Victor, you in the region with me. What's your feeling on Leffler and Purdue um, securing a win? I don't think it's going to happen. There's a lot of motivated folks in Georgia. How do you feel? Um, I feel that uh, Warnock and Os... How do you say the guy's name? Osloff. Osloff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. I think they have an excellent chance of winning if the people really vote, because the early voting, as you stated, is showing the edge for Lofner. But I feel yeah. that as the votes come in, just like during the election, you remember Georgia was red for a long time. And as the number kept coming in, kept coming in, Georgia turned blue. And um, so if the people get out there and vote, and as you stated, thank you, uh, Stacey Abrams, because um, here's, here's uh, what I, I feel as poetic justice. Yes, Ryan me too, Rick. Kemp cheated, just cheated to win the governor's yes. seat of Stacey Abrams in Georgia. But it did not benefit him because it gave her time to go out and get the vote in. And also now, Trump have taught on Kemp as well as the Secretary of uh, State in Georgia. You know the Secretary of State that Linda Graham called him and said, hey, I could tell you how to get rid of some votes. And by Linda Graham saying that, that made me wonder what happened to some of these votes in South Carolina between him and Jamie Harrison. Yep, that flag went up for me too, Victor. I didn't know what to think there for yeah. a second when he made that statement. I'm like, hmm, what do you know and what have you been doing? Uh, that you know how to get rid of votes. I, I, it just exactly. stuck in my it's it stuck in my system for a long time, and then he made that suggestion to the uh, to to the secretary over there in Georgia about what to do, and I was like, hmm, he's been he knows yeah, something, he's but he's not. State. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He, who, I just think, who, yeah, and secretary of state who um. You know, stated that he supported Trump, voted for Trump, but yet he said, no, the, the votes are, are fair. The votes are counted. These are the votes. He refused, he's another one that refused to cheat. And um, Trump turned on him as well. Yeah, but he showed up at the so, he showed up at a Christmas party this this past weekend. Brian Kemp did, and uh, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think there was any love lost. Um, he's just, he, he he's another person who hasn't acknowledged the fact that Joe Biden won the election as well, um, Victor. But see, I mean, I, let's go back to 2016. I was about to raise 2016, that. 2016, um, I, I, I was taking people to the polls, picking up people, taking them to the polls. 
it was hard to swallow that we were going to have a President Donald Trump. I did not like it, and I know a lot of us, uh, plenty of us did not. We had to swallow that pill. We accepted it. We did not go through the same thing. Hillary Clinton said, hey, the vote's being counted. Let's rule Donald Trump the best. You know, the people who supported Hillary Clinton did not go through this. We did not go saying, um, this, this is rigged. Even though Hillary Clinton had 3 million more votes than Donald Trump, we did not behave in this manner as they are behaving. And it's sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think what what are you seeing um, as the turnout is uh, the turnout numbers in the in the region are very high for African-Americans. And I'm going to tell you something, Augusta's not that far from me. And uh, there has been a very large delegation of people going out to vote in this special election in Augusta, Georgia. Um, Hats off to Hardy Davis, the mayor of Augusta, Georgia who has been urging people to get out to vote early and cast ballots and uh, uh, hats off to the, the elections commission in Augusta, Georgia, who's doing a wonderful job of making sure people have an opportunity to vote. Um, They also got cleared. They were being uh, sued uh, for having drop boxes that got overturned. The, The drop boxes can remain now. And that was a great thing for the city of Augusta. And uh, with the number of African-Americans living in the city of Augusta, uh, which is the second largest city in Georgia, um, that says a lot about what's going on um, with this special election. Michael, what's your feeling about um, John Osloff and and, uh, uh, Pastor Warnock? How do you feel about these two candidates? I sense victory on both of them. And I only say that because of one word that begins with the letter C, consistency. If you look back, Georgia went blue. It went for Biden. All right? That was a big victory in itself. Remember in the podcast, we kept reminding everybody of how these years have become a referendum against Trump and referendum against all those in Congress or in some kind of state or local government that have been supporting Trump. And when I say supporting him, I'm talking supporting him in north, south, east, and west. The thing is, is that um, Joe Biden himself said that, yes, Georgia came out you guys went blue, but then come January 5th, got to do it again. And, we, and right now, the balance and control of the Senate is up for grabs. And the thing is, is that the two Republicans in question, they cannot answer a single question honestly or can never answer a question, um, period, every time the uh, press um, brings forth the question to them, especially when it comes to acknowledging Joe Biden as the upcoming 46th president of the United States. Neither Republican 
wanted to answer that question. And so to the average voter, it would be like, well, doggone, then what the hell are we doing um, listening to youth to where you don't even want to answer our questions? Youth can't even tell the truth for that matter, and you're still backing up Donald Trump and backing up Mitch McConnell for that matter. Well, you think you, you expect to get the um, Georgia votes handed to you on a silver platter just like that, zip, boom, bah, and, no, and you think nobody knows what they're doing or what they're observing? Not anymore. No, because you Republicans that are running for the special seats have turned your backs on the Georgia voters, and you gave them more than enough reason to not trust you as much as the American people that are also watching. And I know the world is watching, too, that nobody in their right mind could trust another Republican at this day and age, especially if those Republicans, as you well put, Murray, are Trump Republicans. Yeah, Republican Party is fractured right now between the moderate Republicans that have said enough of this crap with Trump and his defiance of law and the Constitution, his defiance of the people, and his constant using the American people as some kind of shield in which all of us were not born yesterday. I'm talking about the, the, the same people that voted responsibly. The only ones that are still siding with Trump are those that are still part of that cult who unfortunately keep drinking that Kool-Aid and who will not listen to reason. All they want to listen to is not even their fists, but want to listen to their guns. And that is criminal, terrorist, and so unfortunate, so sad. We got a lot of work ahead. And the first thing to do is to make sure that control of Congress gets out of Mitch McConnell's hands. That's what's so important yes. about this upcoming runoff election. And we need both um, Democrats to win. Because then the, um, Kamala Harris, as vice president, will always be the tie-breaking vote in, in the Senate. Because Mitch McConnell is one that cannot be trusted. Rory, Rory talked about um, Trump and his ties to Putin, that is also why the nickname Moscow Mitch came up because of, again, McConnell's ties to Putin, McConnell's ties to Trump, McConnell, the sinister that is even screwing the GOP party and screwing the American people. We cannot put, put up with this anymore. How long has this been going on? A good 20 years? Something like that. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Uh, perhaps even longer, of course. But thank, but thank heavens for people like us, the Community Core Podcast, and other responsible um, progressive talk radio and progressive podcasters that have inspired the American people of how important it is 
to pay close attention and partake in the congressional elections. You need to come out for those elections as much as you come out for the presidential election, for your um, local um, government in terms of the mayors and sheriffs and even for your state governments in terms of governors. Every election is important, and I think the American people have finally gotten the message. I hope so, Michael, because we sure need all the help we can get at this point. Hey, folks, breaking news uh, as we are here on the show. Congress finally reaches a deal on the COVID-19 relief with the stimulus checks and jobless benefits. If all goes according to plan, the deal will end a half-year stalemate between congressional leaders and President Donald Trump and his administration. Uh, As we are in the midst of the show tonight, um, the top lawmakers have decided that they have reached a deal, $900 billion in COVID-19 relief, including another round of stimulus checks for most Americans, and an additional $300 per week for people receiving unemployment benefits. If all goes according to plan, uh, the deal would end a half-year stalemate between congressional leaders and the president and his administration over how to deliver the financial relief to Americans on top of a $1.4 trillion omnibus spending bill that will serve as a vehicle for a coronavirus package, which is which is something that we wanted to happen anyway, everyone. And, and now that it has happened, uh, it took five months for this thing to get done. Um, we, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wanted the $600 a week uh, extra, but that has expired at the end of July. And now here we were trying, now they're trying hard to get it back. They only got half of it back. Congratulations, folks. We only got half of it back, but that's going to do some good for a lot of folks. Um, the rest of it says the deal came on, the deal came together after the negotiations stumbled Friday over Republicans incensed that the Federal Reserve is uh, disallowed from creating any lending program similar to ones created under the CARES Act. Uh, they unanim- they ultimately compromised on the language that will disallow exact replacements of those programs, which had been backed with a whopping $454 billion uh, that has barely been used right now. Um, the $600 per person check, according to uh, two sources familiar with the talks, is roughly half the size of what is sent out from back in the summer, guys. But that will be still a welcome, some welcome news to most Americans who are suffering through this. And yes, yes, everyone, we need, everyone needs that money helped him get through this pandemic my goodness um also one of uh, one of um and i'm i haven't never been a fan of of mitt romney but i'm he's starting to win me over with the way he's handling himself folks and mitt romney has warned that that the russia hack could potentially cripple the u.s uh electricity water etc these are some things that that Mitch, uh, that uh, Mitt Romney has been speaking on and talking about here recently, everyone. And uh, one thing that I will say, uh, Senator Romney has has really touched me with his ability to to 
to kind of stay in between and be a Republican and a moderate at the same time, a moderate Republican, not a moderate Democrat, but a moderate Republican. And so we need we need other Republicans like uh, Senator Romney to do the same uh, and get off of this Trump madness train that has been going around here the last few weeks after this election. And uh, what a shame, everyone, that uh, uh, we continue to uh, deal with this nonsense of the president thinking that he won this election and he didn't win at all and uh, so on and so forth as as we go into the new year here. Um, um, But I want to recommend something, and I'll let you in, Michael. I want everybody to follow Robert Wright. He has the, he has a great Twitter feed, and he says America's billionaires could give everybody in the country a three thousand dollars stimulus check and still be richer than they were before the pandemic. If that doesn't convince you, we need a a wealth tax. I don't know what will. Great tweet, folks. If you haven't followed Robert Reich, I recommend that you follow Robert Reich. Go ahead, Michael, with your comment. You know I, what was so significant about the passing of this bill, I didn't mention about uh, Mitch McConnell and these Republicans playing games with um, with something like this, with the um, corona package. And the thing is, is that two particular Republicans I need to raise in terms of those that are playing such games is Rand Paul, and Ron Johnson, oh. and Ron Johnson, and they're both Trump supporters, by the way. Make no mistake about yes. that, ladies and gentlemen. All right. They want to claim that they need to have fiscal responsibility, that we cannot be wasting money on uh, people who don't want to go out to work, and they want to fabricate such BS um, excuses. But Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk about the the federal budget and how maybe under how this nature is under budgeted or we in the what do they call that, a financial hole, it is yeah. not because of these particular bills that are designated to help out the average American that are getting screwed out by the like of Republicans, Trump, McConnell, Rand Paul, and Ron Johnson, and all these other Republicans that have been um, lock, stock, and barrel with um, Trump and you know Trump and Putin and etc. The whole thing is, don't forget that Mr. Trump has been exposed for cheating the system, cheating. The um, the national budget, in terms of not paying taxes or his fair share of taxes, and if we are in a hole, a financial hole, it's because of him and people like him that have been um, cheating the system and not paying their fair share. How the hell is it, ladies and gentlemen, that people like you, people like me, People like Murray and Victor, who have regular um, jobs and careers, if you want to use the term nine to five um, jobs and careers, 
at salaries that are far below that of the likes of Johnson and Rand Paul and Trump and all these other scoundrels that want to keep cheating the system and cheating America. They're paying less taxes than we are. The average teacher, and I have friends who are in the education um, profession, they make far less than those in Congress, but they sure as hell are paying more taxes than the scoundrels of Johnson and Trump and McConnell, and we can keep going on and on. So the whole thing is the next time some Republican is going to say that we are in a financial um, hole and we cannot afford to have this handout to this person, this handout to that person, the average American, you say to their faces, hogwash. Don't give us any of that hogwash when you have backed up and cover up for the people in your inner circle. You've backed up and cover up for your boss, Trump, that has gotten away thus far from paying the necessary taxes that would not have us in a financial hole. Yeah, and show you know them that we weren't born yesterday. You know something, Michael, and I appreciate you for, for speaking on this so eloquently this evening. Uh, one thing I want to say as, as we kind of uh, round the corner here with the show is that we've been watching these developments since, since the, the electoral college confirmed Biden as the president elect. And now in on January 20th, he will be sworn in as the 46th president of the United States. One thing that continues to, that continues to plague us, I think uh, Michael and Victor is that people continue to listen to this nonsensical rhetoric coming from Donald Trump about he won and that everybody else cheated. He won. Um, in a landslide, and I just think that at some point uh, uh, the American public has to come to grips with the fact that Donald Trump has is slipping away from reality uh, here over the last few weeks. I think you guys would agree that he's slipping away from reality by making these uh, uh, um, ridiculous tweets on Twitter. Um, hats off to Twitter for monitoring monitoring what the president is saying on his Twitter feed. And uh, they have been removing stuff that has been uh, not true. And I applaud them for doing as such. Uh, one thing that does stick come to mind also is as we draw to the end of the year here, guys, uh, there's a lot of work ahead of us. We have to round the corner with the coronavirus. We are hoping that everyone will will take the time to be vaccinated and uh, we can establish herd immunity by Midsummer of 2021, I'm hoping for that, and then we can uh, move into some normalcy. Uh, how do you guys feel about the recent developments regarding the vaccine coming out, uh, Donald Trump not saying anything um, about Operation Warp Speed? Everybody else is talking about it but him. Uh, Michael, you spoke on Donald and, and some of the things that he isn't doing, what he represents. Uh, he's He's a cornerstone when it came to getting Operation Warp Speed started. So how do you feel about what's happening now with him not saying anything about 
about the vaccine being given to um, everyone right now, especially the frontline workers who need it so bad. It was so amazing. Go, Victor. I hear you back there. Go, uh, Michael. Go, go Victor. Yeah. Victor. <laughs> well, first, uh, when it first when the um, I think Pfizer was the first one that came out with the vaccine. The vaccine was um, announced maybe a couple of days after the election. And if you remember, Trump had a fit because he said that Pfizer purposely waited after the election to announce the vaccine, which if they did, I'm glad because if they would have announced it before the election, he would have used that as a talking point to try to win. So, but Pfizer said no, they announced it soon as they discovered it was, um, it actually works as far as a vaccine for the coronavirus. He did talk about Operation Warp Speed and try to take credit for the vaccine coming out at one time. But since then, the only thing he has been focusing on is legal votes and illegal votes, as he said. Mm-hmm. And that's all he's focusing on now. And anybody, be it even Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell announced on the floor of the Senate that Joe Biden was our president-elect. And he even turned on Mitch McConnell. What's Mitch McConnell going to turn around and still, you know, kiss up to Trump anyway, regardless? And I just wanted to say earlier about what you were saying, um, Murray, about Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney um, is the closest thing, in my opinion, to the late John McCain, who at times would take a stand against the president, who would Mm. say things that, you know, contrary to the president. He did have that one vote against the president during the impeachment hearing. But um, he's going to be limited to what he does and say because he still would like to be reelected there in Utah. But getting back to the vaccine, I feel... um, I, I, I'm waiting to see if there any effects because um, the Army National Guard has sent me um, an email asking whenever the vaccine become available, are you willing to take it? And I did say yes. I said yes um, because, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it could get us to some, some kind of somewhat normality. Because I miss going to church. I miss, you know, eating out in restaurants. I miss all these things. Um, you know, Michael, he has suffered from it. Um, you know, my spouse has suffered from it. She's well. But I just feel that um, this vaccine, I'm praying and hoping that it will cause the numbers to go down. But the one thing that we have a problem with is all the anti-vaccination people who refuse to take it, who don't want to take it. Um, one of the things, if you notice, is that they've been trying to put a lot of attention on the um, 
African American, the black people, um, saying oh, yeah. that it was a black woman who was one of the main creators of the um, vaccine. They had a black healthcare worker in New York be the first one to get, be one of the first one to get the vaccine. So they're doing that because they're trying to um, pull us in to make sure that we will feel safe about getting it because the African-American community do have a doubt about certain things as far as when it comes down to history of this country because, unfortunately, we have been used as guinea pigs through certain medical researches. So... You, you know what, Victor? I'm you, saying that on, it does work. Yeah. You're touching on something that most people don't really want to get in the conversation about, and that is the vaccine itself. Um, uh, one thing I will say, there is a somewhat of a taboo-ish mindset amongst African Americans when it comes to taking the, um, the vaccine. I have four adult children, and all four of these adult children say they are not going to take it. Um, I have been very mindful of how I go back to these four young adults and have the conversation that it would be wise that we all consider taking it because we don't know what is out there far as another version of COVID-19. We hope that that's not going to happen either. But the main thing about the main thing about the virus is getting herd immunity established amongst the, the general public if enough people take the vaccine. And that's that's the whole goal of this. I'm starting to sound like doc, Dr. Sanjay here for a second. Um, if we can get enough people to take the vaccine and then we can establish somewhat of herd of uh, establish a herd immunity, then we can go back to some normalcy. But if people can continue to be in denial, Victor, as they are right now, then that poses a threat to all of our health in general, because that that's what's keeping us from establishing a beachhead with this with this virus right now. And that's making sure we the goal is getting to herd immunity. Michael, you're experiencing some of some of, of what we're talking about right now. Say something to me. How do you I, I know we talked briefly this afternoon? I know in this audience we do speak to each other. Um, uh, Michael said he was doing wonderful and his wonderful wife, Michelle, who we have been praying for ever since that we heard word, um, they are doing very well now. Yes. I'm speaking for my, for my good friend here. Um, how do you feel right now, Michael, as, as we discuss COVID-19 and some of the remedies and some of the problems and, uh, and some of the issues as, as we go into, uh, into this Christmas week. The COVID-19 is to never, ever be taken as a joke. <clears throat> and that even though you may exercise the utmost precautions possible, uh, no one is immune from it. And you got to hope and pray that you won't become a statistic just as, unfortunately, yours truly has and my wife, and that's the thing, we've become statistics. Um, I was not feeling well when um, I first got this. I, of course, it took uh, 
a matter of testing just to find out exactly what was wrong with me. And um, doctors and my other um, care plan team had um, examined and then based on what I described and what I was feeling, they said, it sounds like COVID. And they had, they took the tests, did the usual COVID-19 test for me, um, got the results 24 hours later and they confirmed that I did um, have COVID. It's just a matter of um, time to actually clear the symptoms of it. And thankfully, as I had said to Murray, that you know, I'm feeling better. Um, there's less dizziness, less uh, migraine headaches. Um, it's just a matter of just catching up on more and more rest and regaining your stamina while maintaining your social distancing, maintaining the quarantine as much as possible. There are a lot of precautionary things that you have to look at and things that you have to monitor as well. And that's given by not only your doctor or your um, primary care plan team, you know, your health treatment team, but also um, representatives from the CDC guidelines. They spoke with me and they spoke with my wife as well. Just, again, being informative and things that we had to do. Uh, again, we're progressing and definitely intend to beat this um, this bug, this virus. But for all you Trump people and want to keep saying it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it doesn't exist, nobody gets it, you are now listening to a statistic on the contrary. And by golly, Get off this thing of listening to this guy verbatim. You know, as I said before, we are giving facts here, right? Not just through reliable sources, but a lot of times through personal experience. So don't deny me or anybody else, especially somebody in Victor's family, of the reality of enduring this and dealing with this thing and trying to get, you know, for the better because we have lost hundreds and thousands of lives because of this. And a lot of those casualties is resulting from the misinformation given by the unethical leadership whom, and I'm going to quote one Dino Madonna on this, who is criminal. You're deliberately misleading the people, and then it's leading to their demise. That is absolutely criminal, and as far as I'm concerned, it's sinister and terrorism. Thank God that I'm still around. And, of course, we never know when our time is um, due to, um, please God, go through the pearly gates. But... You know, I just want to go day by day more and more because I feel there's a lot of work to be done, and I want to live life to the fullest. And this is, as I said, real serious stuff. And as far as the vaccine goes, we also need to keep in mind that there are reports 
circulating throughout social media as well as the mainstream media that Mr. Trump had no intention of helping or saving the American people, that in fact he would have preferred for more casualties because as people are finding out more truth about him and his inner circle, the worse it gets for him. And thus explains why he is so, he and other Republicans along his um, statute are so adamant in defending um, the Second Amendment, so adamant in defending the, um, what is it, the gun massacres, and even the um, trying to um, block or deny any discussion of COVID-19 because they feel that the ones that are succumbing to this are those that are critics of them. And they try, they try to just have their own base to the voting and they want to shut out the votes of the, um, of the other Americans. 300,000 people dead. Those are likely 300,000 voters that are no longer with us because of Trump shenanigans. I want to keep stressing that. Trump shenanigans and these right-wingers who see nothing better to try to shut out the voters that are opponents of them because they can never, ever win on the merits, let alone the integrity and the credibility. So well, you I'm know, sorry, I had to make that connection. Well, you know something, I appreciate you going going in very much strong detail on it. And everyone, we are we are at a point in the show where we're gonna bring everything to a close here and we're gonna get started with our awards. And I wanna thank Michael and Victor for participating participating tonight in this episode of the twenty twenty version of the community call. Um, this is our award show. We don't want to forget that we are we are a show that rewards people for their participation and their efforts into the podcast and contributing to our voices for America and for change and for love and for growth and for unity. I could go on and on. And I want to thank you guys for being a part of the show tonight. Um, yes, everyone, we're uh, we want to make a couple of announcements. We're going to do. We're going to be very brief with you, and then we're going to come back um, in a, in a little while and do our live Facebook live of our award show, so everyone can get a chance to find out who the winners are. And we have some surprises. We have some surprise winners this year. Um, one of our announcements is that we're going to be gone the duration of the holiday season. We won't be back until after. The new year, it will be probably the first Wednesday night of 2021 that we're going to be back. Um, we will will continue to uh, monitor the situation politically of what's going on in the nation right now, especially after after that cyber attack that took place. Also, we're going to be monitoring what's going to happen on January 20th. Donald Trump has threatened not to leave the White House on January 20th. Um, everyone, that's, everyone that's close to me is thinking 
that there's going to be some sort of dramatic moment um, that Donald Trump is going to do when it's time for him to leave. And um, I think um, cooler heads will prevail and Mr. Trump will leave on his own. And that will be that. Um, also, we want to continue to remind everyone that we're in the midst of one of the world's worst pandemics in in many, many, many years known as the coronavirus. And we hope that everyone will stay safe during the holiday season. Wear a mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, avoid crowds as much as possible. Yes, I'm saying it. Yeah, I want to go to grandma's house too, but we all know better. Yes, we're going to gather some. I know I know I'm saying it in in futility here, but be careful how you how you congregate with each other. Make sure that if you are going to be at a Christmas party or you're going to be at family that you are masked up when you come in and you mask up when you leave. Make sure you take care of yourselves everyone during this holiday break. Um, I tell you, the roadways are dangerous right now with holiday travelers, revelers, and everybody else. We want you to stay safe and make it back here to listen to us here on the Community Call podcast. We won't be back for um, um, on a live podcast until January 13th. That's the second Wednesday of the month of January when we come back. That's the Wednesday before the inauguration that we're going to come back and open up a new season of the Community Call podcast. Um, We are hoping that um, our listeners will continue to listen to us and and be a part of our show. There are some new things that we're going to bring forth. Watch our pages for those announcements as we move into the new year, everyone. If you're not a member of of Point of Concern, I suggest that you become a member of Point of Concern. Also, the Community Call Facebook page is a great page. We continue to put information over there, and we do lighthearted commentary on that page as well. Um, Have some great contributors, Michael, Victor, everyone uh, here on the team has been contributing to, to the Community Call Facebook page. And if you want to, you have to ask the administrator to become a member of the community call Facebook pages. Yes, also, um, we want to let everyone know that uh, we will uh, bring to you some live episodes of the community call uh, going into next year. We're working on some of uh, working on some of the technical sides of bringing the show to to everyone live via YouTube. Um, we're going to do that for the new year. We hope we can get that underway for everyone and we're hoping that we can do some live episodes and you can see the team members um talking and not just our voices anymore i know that we've morphed into to the zoom era of 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 podcasting and communication i'm old school i'm an old radio head um i love call-in shows and uh will for will be forever will be an old radio head uh in that sense of it um, also, uh, we want to thank everyone who's been who's been a participant on the show um, this past year and this past season. Uh, we have had some great guests stop by. We have had great panel members stay with us through this whole process. Um, heartfelt thanks to everybody: Michael, Victor, Bill, 
Ishan, Charlene, um, Jamal, um, Timothy, Michael Robertson, everyone, uh, Marilyn, uh, uh, Marilyn, who was a part of the team there for a short time, and then she departed from us. Uh, uh, we have Angie Johnson, who's a part of us as well. We want to thank everyone for being with us uh, for this year of 2020. We hope that everyone will remain with us as we move into the new year 2021. And we are hoping that everyone will will become um, members on, on the panelists at some time. Um, we have an open door here. If you want to join us on the microphone, we'll be glad to have you here on the show with us as we podcast each Wednesday night at 8 a.m., 8 p.m., for the Community Call Podcast. We want to thank Michael and Victor for being a part of the show. We're going to come back 30 minutes from now and do our Facebook Live of the 2020 Awards Show of the Community Call, and we'll find out who the panelist of the year is. We'll find out who's going to win our first ever Profiles and Courage Award. Well, we have some great nominees for that award as well. And I'll tell you what, folks, I'm very excited to bring you those, bring you the, the live award ceremony of the 2020 Community Call podcast and uh, uh, award show. So tune in for that. We're going to be on Facebook Live. We'll get a notification rather early when that takes place. And uh, we hope everyone will stay together, stay in love, and be in love during this holiday season. Peace and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. CVS is your one-stop shop for immunity support and more. This week, select Mucinex and Delsum cold relief products are $15.99. Visit CVS or CVS.com today. Restrictions apply. See CVS.com slash weekly ad for details. Are you listening to the same old political talking points? Then check out the community call for a new perspective on politics. Left. Right. Center. We bring it together with an open and honest political discussion. Thanks for listening to The Community Call. Be sure to tune in next time for another rousing discussion.